This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Another fantastic weekend here outside of Philadelphia. You'd think we were uh, on the south side of Miami, the way things are, the way the weather's been here lately. I don't know. No complaints, really. I don't know if it was such uh, Miami-like weather this weekend. It was a little windy, got a little chilly. We had a little fire. I was busy, 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 busy. I built a, a new set of stairs, a new set of stairs off the deck for the dogs, it's like a little half-scale uh, set of steps. We have a dog run off the side of the house where we can lock them in there, and that's where we encourage them to go to the bathroom. They don't always go in there, which is another story. But anyway, uh, we need to do a better job with that. But it's designed, we have you know a, a yard within a yard, if you will. And we have access to it off the side of the deck. You can't, we cut a hole in the railing. And we had a ramp that was going down there. Well, Super Duker and BB the Bulldozer running around on there, like thumping on this thing, destroyed it, knocked it down twice. So I thought, well, and this, by the way, was very upsetting uh, to little Sophie. I never say her name. I always say the little dog, Sophie. That's her name. Little Sophie, my favorite. She's standing there on on the ramp, laying on the ground, looking up, barking. This is what I'm dealing with. So I said, all right, we're going to change the design. And Sophie would get stuck on the ramp. Like I had it like, at a, you know, it was like a 10 feet of run for four feet of rise. Not exactly steep. And I even put little cleats on it for her. And I don't know. She's nuts, right? She, she can go up the steps. So I make these steps and uh, and she won't <laughs> she won't go over the I, – I, I took the balusters out of the railing. You know, the, the top and uh, bottom rail are still there. I think I'm going to cut the bottom rail, which is going to require quite a bit of, of modification there to do all that. She's driving me nuts. I got the steps done. Here's the funny thing. So I go, I get the lumber. I get the lumber Saturday afternoon. I had some things to do in the office on Saturday morning. I head up to Lowe's at about noon, you know, expecting the worst. I'm like, oh, I timed this horribly. Well, it turned out I got lucky when nobody was in line or anything. I found everything I needed, with the rare exception that, of course, I wanted to get these, uh, they're like five-eighths by six. They're actually fence boards, and I'm using them uh, for skirting underneath the deck. Well, of course, they're all the way on the other side of the store. Meanwhile, I got 14-foot two-by-eights on the cart. I'm going to wheel this across the store, right? This is the problem. I don't know what happened to the old drive-through lumber yard. You go in, you put your order in, and then you go and load it directly on the vehicle, not load it onto a car to unload it into the vehicle to bring it home and unload it again. You can sense my displeasure with all this. Well, anyway, I was tired. I got everything cut. My buddy was coming over Sunday. I just uh, I needed a set of hands to put the the treads on this open um, uh, no no riser design. And I just, uh, I didn't cut uh, treads. I just laid it out, and then I just screwed two-by-eight treads, you know, through the uh, stringers, which is plenty enough strength for the dogs, not for humans. 
And um, anyway, uh, I could have done it with clamps, but it would have just been a pain to get that right. You know, you want the stairs to be level and so forth. So my buddy was coming over Sunday. Saturday, I go get all the lumber. I load it, unload it, unload it, move it back to the yard. I'm exhausted just from getting the lumber out there. So then uh, I had to cut everything with a circular saw, which was no big deal. Uh, you know, the two by eights. I don't I have an old ten inch miter box. I don't have one of these fancy new sliding ones that everybody's gone to. Not to mention the fact that that saw uh I was like cutting bamboo and who knows what with that thing. It, it's just beat up. But anyway, uh but I have a nice circular saw. So I got everything cut. I got everything in and cut on Saturday and I actually made the frames. And um so I was like, all right, this is good. My buddy comes over, I'll be ready to go. And everything cut nicely, neat fit. And uh, so I got up Sunday morning, and um, I had the the frame put together, and uh, kind of hard to explain. I basically, just made two triangles, and they hung off a cleat off the side of the deck. And it's funny. I, I emailed a photo to my to another buddy of mine. He's he said, well, "You got footings under that? No, I don't. I'm just hanging it off the deck." Uh, it's interesting to me how people have no, know nothing about framing are going to uh, <laughs> pass judgment. My buddy that was helping me says, don't you need uh, like uh, hangers on there? I said, like, don't worry about it. We're going to put this cleat on here. I'm going to screw that on there. It ain't going nowhere, trust me. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, it all worked out great. We got it done. We were done before lunch. We took the old ramp. And, you know, what am I going to do with that? Burn it, of course. Burn that baby. So we did. We put some logs on, and uh, he, my buddy, so I, Why don't you, I have all this cardboard. You know, I save all the cardboard to start fires. And uh, what I do is I, I slice it down with a utility knife so it's a little more manageable, you know. Anyway, right now we got cardboard coming out of our ears. And he's like, throw those boxes on the fire. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want paper. It was a little windy. It actually got pretty windy at the end of the day. I'm like, I, I don't want the paper ash, you know, blowing all over the neighborhood. For God's sake, it's, you know, I'm, I'm outside of Philadelphia. It's not like I'm on the, on the, on the, you know, on, on the, on the Great Divide here or something. For God's sake, on the uh, Appalachian Trail, I got neighbors I got to think about. <laughs> Throw more cardboard on there. So anyway, we got that done, and I uh, got the ramp burnt. and uh, then my daughter, I guess for her birthday, her grandmother got her this. Uh, kids axe throwing and it's really cool like have you ever seen the um darts that stick in there they have like a plastic tip like as if that hitting you in the eye isn't going to do a lot of damage right the axe throwing is kind of based on the same concept but it's a little different it's like a double blade and it's got the same kind of plastic fins in there and you stick it in there and it, and it sticks in there it gets they stick together and it's cool for kids and adults. So we got that. We got the steps built. We got the ramp burnt. And um, and we put the axe throwing target together. And I'm thinking, this is funny. You know, I'm going to be sore for two days from all this. And eh, not really. I got some things to do uh, later in the day here. So anyway, could be worse. Chris in Oregon sent me a photo. His new uh, wood pile. New wood rack. Mm, didn't make it. Wood pile fell over. Boy, was that reminiscent. Last year, was it? I believe it was. We got two cords in, got it nicely stacked, and Super Duker tore it down. 
He would jump up on there and pull at pieces. Well, who possesses the dog to do that? I've never known a dog to go at the woodpile, for God's sake. Pulls it down, two cords of wood. I kid you not. I come home like, are you serious? I get it stacked back up. This is like December now. February last year, snowstorm, my truck slides down the ice-laden driveway. I wasn't even in it. I got out to try and clear the ice off the driveway so I could move the doggone truck. And uh, all of a sudden, I look, there it goes, sliding backwards. I'm like, oh, and I hear a little crunch. Yeah, crunch. That was the fence post and the wood pile going over for the second time. Two cords stacks like four. <laughs> Six, really, if you count the first time. Well, uh, we moved the wood pile, <laughs> suffice to say. Just put it a little closer to the fire while we were at it. Let the whole thing burn, you know. I still have a lot of these nice big oak wedges. These things are like 12-inch diameter, beautiful oak wedges. Anyway, there's quite a bit of yammering on about my weekend there. What do you want to do? You want to talk about the news? I want to talk about this Fetterman story a little bit. Have you heard about this? Uh, Senator John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania, so of course I'm intimately familiar with it. Maybe you've heard me talking about it. I've been talking about it since the whole um, election. He campaigned against... Dr. Oz and lost. Oz spent millions of dollars and lost. John Fetterman. Uh, It was a whole uh, story with Kathy Barnett was running and then uh, didn't get the nomination in favor of Dr. Oz, who was nominated by Trump. Didn't win. Fetterman won. Fetterman hasn't served a day. Right now, here he is, barely 90 days into office, and he's like one of these uh, Democrat superhero dudes, you know. Like, you see articles at best dressed, he wears a hoodie. Like, I, I think these things are a joke. I think they do the like, watch how people get all stirred up. Best dress, what do you mean? He's wearing a hoodie, blah, blah, blah. and then, then they'll be like, What do you have hoodie? It's racist, right? Uh, they're draw. They're drawing out the racist. Oh, you don't like hoodies? That's because you're racist. What else did he get? I don't know, like most likely to succeed and, you know, most charismatic. You name it. Like, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten like a Nobel Peace Prize for, you know, solving the crime problem while he was mayor of that uh, western Pennsylvania town of 54 people. What I mean, where does it end for this guy, really? So... You know, big, big winner in, in Democrat circles. Couldn't do a debate. Like, he did a debate with Oz, and, um, you know, he had a stroke. So he's up there. He's barely coherent. But, you know, as you see with um, with with Biden, you know, that certainly is no uh, precursor to whether or not somebody can serve in office. Anyway, Fetterman gets through all that. Stroke, campaign, Oz, Barnett, Trump. He wins. He wins the election. Handedly. Right? Just decidedly wins the election. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. I got I had people like from around the country texting me. Friend, like, what the hell's going on in Pennsylvania? I'm like, I, I don't know. 
don't know what to tell you. So now here we are, barely 90 days in the office, and he's checked himself into the hospital for treatment of depression. Now, you got to be really careful with this. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Now, listen, I, you know, I don't know why all of a sudden we got to be so careful with everything. Uh, I get depressed. I've never had clinical depression. I never had to uh, check myself into anything for depression. Uh, but I've at, at times, as, particularly as I get older, I've had little bouts of, of depression. I'm like, whoa, it's not fun. You know, and I don't wish that on anybody. And I certainly don't wish uh, clinical uh, depression on anybody. I'm glad he's getting treatment. I hope he recovers quickly. But then I see this a day after uh, the announcement, uh, the, the Associated Press puts out a headline, Fetterman draws praise for getting help for depression. Draws praise by who? I mean, this is Associated Press. It's a made-up headline. Draws from who? Some, from somebody in the Associated Press office? Who, the author? I live in Pennsylvania. I haven't heard one person, Democrat or Republican, who's praised this. Matter of fact, everybody here points to it as a complete disaster, including people that voted for Fetterman filing. Oh, what the heck? What the heck? Now, I, you know, I'm not making light of it. I'm not making a joke out of it. Clinical depression, it's a serious matter. It affects people mentally, emotionally, and even physically. But at its core, it's a mental health issue. And do you think that voters had a right to know about this? What good is a politician that can't think clearly? You know, uh, Dwayne Johnson, you remember when he came out during the election? Remember he grew breasts. He was so depressed about Trump being president. He grew breasts so he could support Biden and, and Harris. And he said, that. what did he say? They have the character. What, what character is he talking about? And uh, Dwayne Johnson, he's been one of the people to talk about depression. He's like, I don't know, like him never playing football. Like he's never been able to, he's still talking about it. I think he's bought like shares or is the owner of the XFL or something like that, this other football league. And uh, I, I can't even, like, I was like was a big rock fan for a long time. I can't even stand the dude anymore. And I started thinking about it. And I'm thinking, you know, this, this idea of clinical depression, big deal. It's a big deal. A lot of depre- uh, uh, veterans suffer from it. Uh, I've known people firsthand. Of the, I, I know a guy I worked with, man, uh, awesome dude. And he'd be like, man, I, I remember going through so bad. He's like, I would, I would have the curtains drawn full blackout. And he's like, I just felt so sick. He goes, I, I couldn't even get out of bed. And I can't imagine that. I really can't. I don't know what you do to help it. But I also wonder this. I say to myself, well, I'm not saying this is black and white, but I'm saying people that are struggling with that, should they really be in, in you know, political positions? Now, I'm not saying it should be a law or a rule. But, you know, if, if you're struggling with, with some other um you know, debilitating uh, um, disability. Is that the proper way to say that? I'm starting to sound like Kamala Harris. <laughs> In fact, when you have a, I, can't, I have no Kamala voice. In certain cases, there's debilitating disabilities that cause debilitating situations. <laughs> Sorry. What the hell was I even talking about? 
Things just pop in my head. Voices just pop in my head. Speaking of crazy, <laughs> uh, I'll stop. Freak freaking people out, right? I don't know. We're talking about mental health. I'm not trying to be uh, uh, prejudicial. The simple reality of what we're talking about here, we're at a critical time. We need strong leadership that's willing to take on the challenges of the day. And we, have, we don't have anybody to do it. You know, we got all these politicians, you know, the rock around. <laughs> I never made it in football. And I've been sad, too. Good God. You know, when, the, when, when was there ever like a um, persevere and move on? Like yeah, I got I got I I got a raw deal, you know. If if fate would have had it differently, I'd be in the you know I'd be uh, Tom Brady right now. Yeah, but it doesn't happen a lot, you know. It's like you got to move on. There's like a million people every day. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. You know, you got to look forward, not back. That's the that's the thing, and all this. <laughs> what the hell? About what? That's what I, what, what is what is Futterman depressed about? Why don't we talk about that? I'm going to get in trouble, right? What is he depressed about? I, as best I can tell, the guy's never worked a day in his life. There's another common theme I noticed. I'm depressed. Maybe if you worked, maybe you did something. Maybe you'd feel better about it. Maybe you'd do a little workout. He looks around like uh, like a lurch with the, the, you know, dragging a leg. I went too far, didn't I? I can control myself. What, I'm supposed to sit here and feel sorry for this guy? Oh, he's feeling sad. Well, he shouldn't have ran for office. He shouldn't have ran for office because he had this stroke. Oh, oh, who are you to say? What are you, uh, uh, what would be a, a, a strokist? <laughs> That didn't sound right. Uh, I don't know what you would call like a racist against strokes, stroke victims or something like that. I don't know. Like Trump in what what does that make me? Uh, uh, no, no heart. Rude. I don't know. I just, you know, I'm thinking like, like I just think in basic terms. Like what if I if you hired a cop that had no arms, what would you say to that? What? Yeah, but the guy can't do the job. Oh, you're going to hire a trash man with no legs? I mean, what are we talking about here? I think that's a little different. Is it? The guy's in the hospital. Futterman's in the hospital. Hasn't been in office 90 days. He comes in with a stroke. He comes in drooling. Can't talk. I can't talk. And and we get past that because, you know, we're going to be, you know, give him a little space. And uh, now he's depressed. Depressed about what? He won the election. He, he's getting great medical care. I'm thinking, like, we, we the public should be the ones that are depressed about this. What's he depressed about? I don't get You, want, you wonder, uh, we, we need strong leadership that can fix things, not bring in uh, more problems. And we don't have politicians that can do it. We wonder why people are so fed up. This guy's a, a shining example. And you know listen, whatever your thoughts on Fetterman, maybe you love him, maybe you think he's a great guy, maybe you think I'm the imbecile. The point is that we're electing people that are incapable of serving. Literally, an election system that is literally producing mental health patients, not political leaders. And what happens if this continues? We don't, look, we don't have to do anything about it. We can continue doing on the, uh, the same things that got us here. We might start want to ask, uh, what's the cost of this? What's it going to cost us at the end of the day? 
not going to be cheap. We're the ones that have to take care of our communities. There's nobody to do it for us. We need good, qualified leadership. And there's no point in discussing national issues if we can't take care of ourselves or our own communities. That's what Fetterman was supposed to be helping with. I don't know. Maybe the Republican Party's dead. When was the last time we had a, a strong Republican presence of able and willing candidates to choose from? You know, the, um, I was listening to somebody say that uh, Dr. Oz failed to capture a lot of the um, 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 uh, the governor. Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank now. Who was running for, for governor? Ah. Oh. Forgive me. It just escaped me. Doug Mastriano. Phew. Thank goodness. That um, Dr. Oz did not get the Mastriano vote. And they said, well, it's not like they're pointing to some kind of an anomaly. I said, I, I don't think so. I didn't want to vote for Oz. I ended up voting straight Republican just because I saw through the whole Fetterman charade. My, my Democrat friend, not so much. He's not even Democrat. I don't know what the deal is, but he voted for uh, Fetterman and Shapiro. I told him, I said, "You're gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna destroy the state," and sure enough, they are. I don't know where's the Republican Party. Where, where's the competitive races? None to be found. Why don't we? I hear people say this a lot. Just give us choices. We'll make our own. Cho- we'll make our own selection. But that's not what's happening anymore. Where's the Republican Party in all this? You want to blame Democrats for the Fetterman story? I don't know how you can blame Democrats. They just ran somebody that had a stroke uh, with mental health issues and won, and the Republican Party couldn't take a national spokesperson and produce a win out of that. What do you conclude from that? The problem is with the party. The Republican Party really is dead for the most part. It's supposed to be the party that's bringing in vision and resources so that we can attract talented, capable candidates. How do you think it comes to be? They're supposed to be out tapping people on the shoulder, and they are. But you know who the Republicans tapped on the shoulder here in Pennsylvania? Fetterman. That's the problem. The Uniparty in many areas. They call it reaching across the aisle. It's not. It's not, Listen, it, it. It's not reaching across the aisle when it's taking away choices from the taxpayer, from the voters. I don't call that reaching across the aisle. The party in, instead they've just created nice jobs for themselves. The county um, uh, chairwoman just stepped down. Nobody knows where she's going. Probably somewhere to work with the new Democrat governor. I wouldn't be surprised if we woke up tomorrow and found out she was a Democrat. She certainly acts like one. You don't get any of this. That they should be out connecting with people. Hey, you know what? Why don't you come to a meeting? Why don't you come? Listen, we have money available. We have systems available. We have teams available to help you if you want to run. We need candidates that are able able and willing to work for the people of the country. There's two events, I can tell you, two stories that um, uh, point to how important it is that we have strong party resources. As you know, during the 2022 election, I was involved. I was serving as a campaign treasurer. And 
Here in, in our part of Pennsylvania, there was important races going on. Governor, senator, many assembly seats, which is what I was involved in. And our county Republican Party had exactly nothing uh, to offer the candidates. Nothing in the way of resources. I think at, uh, at one point they, they paid for the printing of some postcards or something like that. No che- checklists, cheat sheets, or or marketing or fundraising assistance. They had nothing. Can you imagine this? And as a matter of fact, if you talk to many of the, the selfless, hardworking people who stepped up uh, and, and worked so hard to campaign, they feel like they got the door slammed in their face by their own party. If you talk to the, these good people, they'll tell you it felt like the party was working against them. What does that tell you? You go to go to run, and the first thing they're going to ask you, how much money have you raised? You know why? Because they won some of it. Imagine you volunteer to run for office, and the, and the party is asking you for money. Who would do that? There's a saying in the military. It's a, the saying is, failure to plan is planning to fail. And that couldn't be illustrated more perfectly what happened here in Pennsylvania in 2022. Democrats, with the help of establishment Republicans, successfully elected John Fetterman to the ten- to the Senate. How's this worked out for the people of Pennsylvania? Well, now the people of Pennsylvania are paying the cost of his medical treatment. Some of you would say, good. Not the kind of medical treatment that you get. Absolutely not. Mr. Fetterman is receiving the finest medical treatment that money can buy. So that the taxpayers can fund his medical needs for a pre-existing medical condition that he failed to disclose. And no disrespect to Mr. Fetterman and the many others who suffer from depression, but we literally just elected somebody who's mentally ill. The media, of course, is going to sugarcoat this, but it's nothing short of a disaster for the people of Pennsylvania. Senator Fetterman hasn't seen a single vote. How's this good for Pennsylvania? Everybody's grown sick of this charade, a bait and switch every time. The people are tired of losing and getting stuck with the bill over and over again. It's time to change business as usual. Take up a new model way of doing things that gives back to the taxpayer, not takes, takes, takes. What do we need to do? We need to start thinking like builders. You know what they say, build it and they will come. Let's build a vision and real ways to attain it that will excite people to want to live in America simply because it's a great place to live. What makes it a great place to live? Well, it begins with safety. Safety in our schools, safety on our roads, safety in our communities. We need to be working together to do that. We need to be working together to build safer schools, safer roads, safer communities. It's not as hard as you'd believe. Our goal should be to have our students as safe as the president. You say, that's ridiculous. Is it really? How is it that every day, every single day, our courts, they're filled with emotionally charged divorce cases, domestic violence, criminal cases, drug cases. And there's never, ever a shooting. Not one judge Not one juror shot in the line of duty last year. Why can't we do the same for teachers and students? The answer is already known. 
We've been led to argue about the right to own guns, all while we've ignored the importance of school safety. We should be leading the effort to make schools the safest in the world. And all we have to do is use the same methods used at the courthouses. It's the same in the inner city schools. You never hear of mass shootings in, in L.A. How do you explain that? How do you explain how it's possible to create a completely safe school in L.A.? but not in every other place. Traffic in many places, speaking of L.A., roads becoming congested to the point of becoming more like bumper cars than civilized transportation networks. We need to bring back good traffic enforcement and make it a priority. Take a good look at corridors. Make sure that we're planning for future needs now. Make sure that the, that the country's ready for development. Where's the infrastructure money? No, we got an infrastructure that needs to catch up on. What's the vision in, in practical terms? A bridge or what? Where? Equally as important as all that, people need to feel safe in their own homes and in public places so that we can shop and move around without fear of being robbed, beaten, or carjacked. With everything going on right now, we should be encouraging people to be able to defend themselves well. Unfortunately, we, we've designed the whole system to work in the other direction. Either way, we've got real challenges right now in the area of criminal justice, right? We need to set proper expectations for our police. You know, I hear this talk, ah, we need you know, mental health uh, uh, people available. What's, what's with all the mental health needs? Why don't we ask what, what that's about? Why do we have so much mental health uh, problems going on? Maybe Fetterman could help answer that. I don't know. Policing is one component of the public safety. All these answers are well known. I think we have to ask ourselves, how did the priorities get so flip-flopped? How is it that there's money for Ukraine? And I see that they're paying pension money, Biden said, to contribute to, I guess, their Social Security payments. And where does this end exactly? I hear from uh, Ukrainian people, some here, some there. Uh... I mean, I'm all for helping people. I'm getting a little lost in in what exactly is going on, what exactly we're supporting. Money for uh, all these different places, money for uh, Turkey, uh, for the earthquake. What they say, $100 million, I think, in aid. But Ohio, eh, probably not. And I guess at the last minute they decide maybe they should. I don't get it. We've got dog parks, but we don't have homeless shelters. We've got open-air drug markets with brand-new handicap-accessible corner ramps at every intersection because this is the priority. Schools that uh, don't have proper security uh, but are going to lecture us about gun safety. Go figure. Go figure. All I could tell you is this, that Republicans can be the party of progress where Democrats have failed to deliver real, tangible progress through better education, better access to work and business, making money, opportunity. It's very simple. We do it by restoring trust in government, and the foundation of that has to be good people, not people that are in the hospital with depression. Associated Press doubles down. Fetterman draws praise for getting help for depression.
And they show this photo of him getting off of Air Force One after riding around with Joe Biden. It's uh, it's really incredible when you think about it. That here's a guy that had a stroke, can't even talk straight. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Don't tell me, you know, oh, well, well, that's disrespectful. Don't, I, I'm not the one that did it. Don't tell me I'm the one being disrespectful. I'm not the one that put him up to this cockamamie scheme. I'm not the, not the one that propped him up there and made him look good when he otherwise couldn't couldn't stand on his own two feet. Remember the fake videos, the propaganda? I don't know. People have had enough. All I know is we need good people that know how to run the country. Where are they? Not too easy to find these days. What are you going to do? Anyway, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be on the radio this week. Uh, filling in for my buddy Stan. Looking forward to, uh, to that. Uh, should be good. What else? I don't know. I should be back tomorrow. God willing. Hope to see you there. Making a great day.